defend the poor and needy, and that is me, Lord, that is me, when I am weak, he giveth power, just any moment he'll be there with the help I Uh, something happened to the monitor, but that's good, folks. Amen. Amen. Greetings in the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Wow, that was loud, but it sounded good. It was loud, it was loud but it sounded good, huh? I think we were up somewhere around like 94, 95 dBs. You don't think so? Okay. <laughs> it was good. It was good, though. It was good. Oh, man, it is great to be in the house of the Lord this evening. Let's bow our heads for prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, we do thank you so much, dear Lord, for tonight. Uh, you know, God, we thank you for being with us this morning, dear Lord, as we called out to you and as we praised your holy name. Uh, you know, God, be with us tonight, dear Lord. Come next to us and God, just simply uh, continue that transforming power in our lives. Bless us and guide us and direct us. In Jesus' name, amen. women back with us, right? Yeah, speaking of one walking out upon the stage here, hello, Miss Denise. Oh, white microphone, please. Yes. Um, <laughs> we, were, um, we were missing many of y'all this morning, and, and uh, there were some men that looked really pitiful, bless their hearts. And uh, so I'm, I'm just glad, and I'm just glad y'all are back. That's all I got to say. So we had a church meeting, uh, church workers meeting tonight, so we're going to move on from that. Tomorrow night, I know you all were just there uh, together for your weekend, but many of the women uh, weren't able to go. Uh, so don't forget that uh, tomorrow night is your uh, uh, women's monthly meeting uh, tomorrow night at four, uh, 6.30 here in the Fellowship Hall, right in the Fellowship Hall, Miss Peggy. Did she disappear? She's in here and she's gone. It's like a ghost. Wear your, wow, women of worth t-shirts. Wear those. And uh, Fellowship Hall is 630. And um, again, we talked about this a little bit tonight in the uh, workers meeting with the chili cook-off and um, soup. If you 
are able to please make a um, contribution to this, whether you are, um, actually it's three ways, let me, let me correct my two-way uh, notions earlier. First way is to either submit a chili or, or, or soup to be enjoyed, right? Mm-mm-mm. And then the second way is in the, through the silent auction. You do have the silent auction that you can contribute to. And uh, what was the saying? Uh, it's not your favorite dish, but your favorite. What, what, what's, how do you say it? But your cover dish? Dish, but it has to have food in it. Yes, that's right. Whatever, you know, think about it this way. When you, I said think about it this way in there, so I wanted to just repeat. This is not original thought, and I don't get very much of that. I usually repeat what my wife tells me to repeat. Um, but she wasn't in there, so I'm going to repeat what a woman said, which is probably a very safe bet, right? Mm-hmm. Darla approves. If everybody raves over it, make it. Or at least not make it. Put it on a put it into the uh, silent auction. Because what happens if you say I want my whatever it is dish with the food uh, or cake or cherry pie uh, for pastor, um, then you are bidding on the item. Then whenever it is that you need that to be made, then you go and you cash that item in with that person. Now Miss Marlene's doing I think five cakes. But she said, don't bombard her all at the same time. She will have to schedule, y'all. It'll be a two-week notice for one cake. And uh, if, if she's already got one scheduled, you're just going to have to wait. Because, trust me, her cakes come with a lot of love, a lot of work, and a lot of patience. And it's worth the wait. So, anyways, so you got either making or promise to make that will go into the silent auction, okay? And then you need to just come and participate. Enjoy and, uh, and then bid. This is the biggest fundraiser of, of the youth uh, for them throughout the year. And they've got TNT right around the corner. I think they said they had six uh, young people going down for the auditions. And uh, for those who are selected to go on to uh, TNT at uh, Treveca Nazarene, uh, I think that cost was 300 and $325 for each young person that gets selected. So this fundraiser is very important for them. So make sure you're, you're helping to be a part of that. Um, and, of course, later on in the month, we do have our anniversary celebration and birthday celebration. And uh, whatever food y'all do for that, y'all know how to handle and uh, just bring something really good and yummy for us to eat, though, right? Y'all ain't too convinced about that. Please bring something yummy and good because uh, I... Uh, I'm a growing boy. No, I'm just joking. I, I have actually been shrinking and still doing good. So thank you for those who are encouraging me to continue to lose weight by bringing really bad food. But for the others who enjoy it, bring it for them, okay? All right, there we go. <laughs> that out of the way, we're going to continue to worship. Uh, I ask you to stand with me. We're going to um, enjoy some uh, good songs from the hymnal. If you want to look in the hymnal, you can. We're going to do song 395, 371, 354. It's the only time I'm going to say them. But we're going to sing them. 395, 371, and 354. We're going to start with wonderful song of love lifted me, right? Let's continue to worship. I was sinking deep in sin, far from the peaceful shore, very deeply stained within. Sinking to rise no more But the master of the sea Heard my despairing cry 
From the waters lifted me, now safe am I. Love lifted me, love lifted me. When nothing else could help, love lifted me, love lifted me, love lifted me. In his blessed presence live, ever his praises ring. Love so mighty and so true, merits my soul's best songs. Faithful, loving service to, to him belong. Well, love lifted me, love lifted me, when nothing else could help. Love lifted me, love lifted me, love lifted me, when nothing else could help, love lifted me. Souls in danger look above, Jesus completely saves. He will lift you by his love out of the angry ways. He's the master of the sea, billows his will obey. He your Savior wants to be, be saved today. Well, love lifted me, love lifted me, when nothing else could help, love lifted me. Love lifted me, love lifted me, when nothing else could help, love lifted me. I wonder if there's any of the women who were here uh, at the women's retreat this morning, I'd like to share uh, about their experience over the weekend. Anyone want to take a moment and tell what God did for you over the weekend? Mama, you want to share? She knows who I'm talking about. I found out I have a new mama. Oh. She's just about the same age as I am, though, so we're still trying to figure that out. It's a little confusing. It's okay. But it's new family. How can you complain? (laughs) In all seriousness, (laughs) sorry, Diane, I told you I was going to do it. (laughs) In all seriousness, um, I... I can speak for myself. I had an absolutely amazing time. Um, I thought it was just wonderful to get to know my sisters and how much we shared. And they are so precious, so very precious. And I thank every one of them for being so open and sharing. And praise the Lord. God, God did a mighty move. Amen. Amen. Anyone else want to share? Any of the ladies? Ready. Amen. That's great. All right, anyone else? Well, we're going. What was that? Someone? Nope. 
James was raising his hand? No? All right. Who's scratching his head? Never mind. <laughs> I thought it was going to be kind of funny, you, uh, you being there at the, uh, <laughs> at the uh, women's conference. But, hey, you never know, James. All righty. Well, listen, you know, heaven came down and glory filled some souls this weekend, and I hope that uh, we could continue to know that, that glory is here to fill and the glory of the Holy Spirit is, is, is a constant presence in our life, should be constant presence in our church. And when we have moments where we just feel the Spirit come on us, we should be free to express that and acknowledge that He is speaking to us, moving in our hearts and lives, and respond the way that He asks us to. And this evening, as we go through our time of worship, don't be afraid to express what the Spirit is putting on you and your heart and your life as glory comes down and fills your soul. Let's continue to worship. Wonderful, wonderful day, day I will never forget. After I wandered in darkness away, Jesus, my Savior, I met. Oh, what a tender, compassionate friend. He met the needs of my heart. Shadows dispelling with joy, I am telling. He made all the darkness depart. Heaven came down and glory filled my soul. When at the cross the Savior made me whole, my sins were washed away and my night was turned to day. Heaven came down and glory filled my soul. Now that will surely endure after the passing of time. I have a future in heaven for sure, bearing those virtues sublime. And it's because of that wonderful day when at the cross I believed. Riches eternal and blessings supernal from His precious hand I received. Heaven came down and glory filled my soul. When at the cross the Savior made me whole, my sins were washed away and my night was turned to day. Heaven came down and glory filled my soul. You know, it fills your soul because one special day you gave in and you let God come into your life, right? You accepted that grace that was freely given on the cross. Yes. And on one glorious day, we're going to meet again in heaven as we accept that ultimate gift of grace from God when we join him in heaven. But in the meantime, guys, we have to live through the things that get thrown our way. We have to live through the trials and troubles and temptations Pastor sermon this morning just laid it out. I don't care how much, how much you spend in the word, how high up in the stratosphere you are with God, temptation will never escape you. Satan will never stop attacking you. And your trials on this earth will never be over until we are reunited. So we can continue to grasp hold of the grace. The, there's nothing in this world like that. Absolutely nothing. And we as humans try to find many things, many things to grab hold of. 
to get through our issues. That's right. When there's one answer, always one answer. And it's not a what, it's a who. And it's Jesus. And from that comes his grace. Let's continue to worship as we uh, sing about that grace. Amazing. 
There's nothing worth more that will ever come close. Nothing can compare. You're our living hope. Your presence, Lord. I've tasted and seen of the sweetest of loves when my heart becomes free and my shame is undone. Your presence, Lord. The Holy Spirit, you are welcome here. Come flood this place and fill the atmosphere. Your glory, God, is what I long for to be overcome by your presence Lord praise you Jesus your presence Lord praise you As the Spirit is moving this evening, uh, the altar is is open for whatever need that you have, for wherever you are in your walk with Christ, the altar is open. So as they continue to sing, I invite you to come and kneel at His feet. There's nothing worth more that will ever come close. Nothing can compare. You're our living hope. Your presence, Lord. I've tasted and seen of the sweetest of love. When my heart becomes free and my shame is undone, your presence, Lord. Holy Spirit, you are welcome here. Come flood this place and fill the atmosphere. Your glory. Let us experience the glory. 
Dear Heavenly Father, we come to you and we thank you for your presence. Oh God, I pray, dear Lord, that you will just simply continue to just continue to be with us. God, I pray that we would be obedient to the leading and directing of your spirit. God, as the ones that are here at the altar, God, I pray that tonight, God, that you would give them courage. God, I pray that you would give them strength tonight. God, I pray, dear Lord, that you will continue to be with us and to transform our lives. In Jesus' name, amen. I can have the ushers to make their way forward this evening. Grady, if you could lead us in prayer. Each other and 
to listen to his words, his secret plan before he had to go. It's not complicated, don't need a lot of rules. This is all you need to know, is loving God, loving each other. Steeples out of stone Fill books with explanations of the way But if we stop and listen And break a little It's loving God, loving each other, making music with my loving God, loving each other. If the church would 
really find that out. It's not against one person or against one person. It's all for loving God. And you can build a church on that. Amen? No matter what, what goes on, you can build a church out of that. And God is good to us. Amen? I'm sure you ladies had a great time in the mountains. It, it was a great, great time for us, too. We y'all gone. <laughs> Amen. Amen. <laughs> I thought I'd just get a little dig in there. <laughs> but God is good to us, folks. And I'm so glad my anchor still holds tonight, don't you? I have journeyed through the cold, dark night. Out on the open sea by faith alone and sight unknown, and yet his eyes were watching me. The anchor holds, though the ship is battered. The anchor holds, though the sails are torn. I As I face for the raging sea, the anchor holds in spite of the storm. I've had visions <laughs> and I've had dreams. I've even held them in my hand, but I never knew they would slip right through like they were only grains of sand the anchor holds though the ship is battered the anchor holds though the sails are torn Anchor hold 
in spite of the storm. I have been young, but I'm older now. There has been beauty, desire. God proved his love for me. The anchor holds. Though the ship is battered, <laughs> oh, the anchor holds. Though the sails are torn, I face all the raging sea, the anchor holds in spite of the storm. I have fallen on my knees as I face all the raging sea.
Amen. 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 Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Amen. This uh, this evening, uh, you know, I uh, I want to offer, okay, because I know that there are, I know there's at least two people in here that have not had the opportunity to add their rocks to to the Ebenezer. Um, so, uh, you know. I'm going to call them out, Grady and Violet. I know that y'all missed that service, and y'all mean a lot to this church. And I know that y'all have dates where God has moved mightily in your lives, and that is what this Ebenezer is about. It's us letting God know that we understand that we see it, but it's also allowing the other people around us to be able to know and to be able to see that God is at work, has been at work, and will always be at work in our lives. Uh, you know, so there's a bag that's on the table out there in the foyer that David brought. Um, unless you want to go rock hunting with me again, we can go rock hunting again. And, uh, you know, but I would love for you and Violet to be able to put dates and messages on that rock. Uh, you know, for, uh, you know, for this, you know, um, so I wanted to open up and, and make sure that y'all understood that that was available, but I said this morning that we are building 
our Ebenezer. Uh, you know, this will stay here. I don't know if it's going to stay all year long or uh, it's going to stay here. And as God continues to move, we will continue to put things on rocks and continue to add to that. Because just like I said, he is still at work and he will always be at work uh, you know, in our lives as long as we allow him to do that. Uh, you know, and as long as I am pastor of Rock Hill First Church of the Nazarene, he will be free for his spirit and him to move in any way that he would want to move. Uh, you know, and this morning, uh, you know, um, it's really kind of funny because Booger said, uh, you know, afterwards that, uh, you know, that I need to start some calisthenics, uh, you know, because if I was wore out in that message, uh, you know, I, I really need to work, you know, work it, you know, to kind of get it up. But I don't know if, I, I know y'all don't realize this, but Monday, whenever I read that passage of Scripture in Isaiah 55 about being invited into the presence of God, that is the moment that God began to work on that message. So whenever I say that I was tired this morning, it's because at 11 o'clock or 12 o'clock last night and I was still working and writing this message and still hashing over this message and making sure that this particular message that was given, that it was not my words, but that we can all go back, we can go back to everything that was said this morning and it's in Scripture. This was God's word, and this is God's word to us. So tonight, I, I want to continue, and I want us to continue to look at this. Uh, you know, and in John chapter 14, I will allow you all to turn to John chapter 14. I do not have any slides for tonight. Um, I was actually kind of hoping that I would take it easy, but so far, it's not going to be that way. Uh, you know, we're going to move on into this, and we're going to see exactly what we have here. Uh, you know, whenever we look into John chapter 14, the very first part we have here that, uh, you know, is a subtitle to this particular chapter, uh, it says, Jesus is the way to the Father. Uh, you know, so we look and we can see it that, that Jesus is giving us this path for us to be saved and to have salvation that uh, you know, that is so freely given to us that we talked about this morning that it is given to the ones that are thirsty, the ones that are broken, but it also is given to the ones and offered to the ones that feel that they can still work and that they still have the ability to do the things in their lives, that we are self-sufficient, that I can handle this. So it's for everyone. So the salvation that is offered to us is offered to every one of us. But then we go to verse 15. And verse 15 says, if you love me, obey. If you love me, obey my commandments. So I want you to know tonight as your, as your pastor, 
regardless of how the message this morning came over and came about, I want you to know that it came out of the depths of the love of my heart for you. Because that message, although it brought out and it really talked about sin and it told us that if we are still living in sin that there is a time and there does come a point in time that God will require a uh, you know there is a punishment for that sin so to kind of help us with this let's look throughout scripture Because whenever we look into the Old Testament and we see all of these things through the Old Testament, we find that the Israelites were in captivity and they were in slavery with the Egyptians. And in the slavery and while they were enslaved by the Egyptians, God multiplied them and he blessed them. But how did they get there? How did they get into the captivity of the Israelites? Well, the Israelite, how did the Israelites get into captivity by the Egyptians? You remember there was a famine. You remember? Story of Joseph? Joseph's brothers? The 12 tribes, they disliked their brother, so they sold him off into slavery. God had a better plan because that was the way that God was going to save the Israelites, going to save that family and, and bring him into a mighty nation. God's hand at work. And there's some interesting things because whenever we get into the scripture and we look at this and we think about whenever they were in captivity and, you know, now they were in captivity because Joseph had passed away, correct? And the Pharaoh that was over the, you know, that was ruler over them while the, uh, while Joseph was there, he also passed away and the Israelites were growing at such of a great number that they felt that they would overcome them, that the Egyptians felt that the Israelites would overcome the Egyptians, so they had to put them underneath slavery. They had to suppress them so that they would be able to rule over them. And although they suppressed them, they still multiplied. God still blessed them. And then we find that through this, God's hand still being upon his chosen people. That Moses, Moses was miraculously saved. (laughs) Moses was saved by God's hand and by God's guidance. Remember his mother put him into a basket and sent him down the river and the Pharaoh's daughter founding and then Moses's mother was able to raise him God's hand at work his prevenient grace at work 
So we see how all of this moves and the next thing that we know, uh, you know, Moses is running for his life and he runs out into the desert and whenever he runs out into the desert, uh, you know, he finds this, uh, you know, this priest, uh, you know, Midian and he's tending sheep for him and we find that as he's out there with the flocks that this bush begins to burn, but it doesn't burn up. And he goes and he speaks to the bush or he investigates the bush. And God speaks from the bush. I think it's interesting how, you know, how Moses gave up so many obstacles on why he shouldn't be the one. But for Moses, Moses' life is, is typical of ours. Because Moses, whenever he went to the bush and God spoke to him from the bush, Moses said, here I am. And the Hebrew words for here I am actually gives us more. And Moses said, here I am. Whatever you need of me, I will do. And we do that. We come to this saving knowledge. The Holy Spirit draws us into him. And we go in and we investigate. And we say, yes, God, whatever you have for me in my life. And then he says, okay, this is what I want you to do. And we're like, oh, wait a minute. I don't think I signed up for that. We, we begin to backtrack, uh, you know, kind of like the lobsters. Uh, you know, if you're in Maine or if you're down in the bayou in Louisiana, it's kind of like the crabs. Or not the crabs, well, the, yes, the crabs, but the crawfish. Backing up. Whoa, wait a minute. I didn't sign up for that one. But finally, Moses does what God wants him to do. And then we find in the scripture, I really think this is really interesting because the scripture tells us that God hardened Pharaoh's heart. Why in the world did God harden Pharaoh's heart? So that God could show the Israelites how powerful he was. He says, I want you to know that I am the God that created all things. I am who I am. So we see this. He hardened his heart. But I want you to know before Pharaoh died that God gave him the opportunity to accept him as Lord and Savior. He allowed him to see his power and to be able to understand who he was. If you question that, look at Nebuchadnezzar. Nebuchadnezzar spent his, you know, spent the, you know, spent seven years out in the in the in the fields eating the grass like sheep, and it says that until he turned his eyes towards heaven and said, "You are the King of Kings," and then God returned his mind to him to where he was able to understand and to see. God gave every person the opportunity to receive him as his Lord and Savior. Through his power and through all of these things. But see, from there we get this. and Oh man, we have the Tower of Babel. You know, man speaking one language. We're never really all that good. You know, we're always getting into trouble. Uh, you know, so here we are, we're all speaking the same language, we're getting really smart. 
Uh, you know, so we're like, okay, so what I'm going to do is, is I'm going to build this tower, uh, you know, so that I can get up to heaven so that I can be like God. Uh, you know, although, you know, here we are, we're speaking the same language and we're smart enough that we can build this mighty tower. God says, no, that's not the way it's supposed to be. He brings about multiple languages and he confuses the people. See, we're almost there now. Our scientists think that they're smart enough that they can create humans, uh, you know, that they can do all of these things. Booger, I kind of understand what you're talking about. You know, they studied death, uh, you know, and they could have looked into Scripture and they could have seen that there's a soul, uh, you know, that's a part of this. But, you know, someone got millions and millions of dollars for that. That's just like someone gets millions and millions of dollars to study, uh, you know, to study the Nightcrawler. I think the last time that I looked at the, you know, at that, you know, the study of the Nightcrawler, uh, you know, they were up to something like five million dollars in studying the Nightcrawler, and they had figured out that the Nightcrawler is nearsighted, okay, and he can't smell anything. That's just what we needed to know, right? But God's hand is at work in all of this. And throughout all of this, God gives us the opportunity to turn to Him. But through all of this, in that very first part of chapter of verse 15, it says, if you love me, if you love me, He says, I love you. I love you so much that I have created and I have moved in this earth and I have designed this earth for you. I created you. I created the trees so that they would give you air to breathe. I created the land so that you could live in this beautiful place. I created you in a specific manner because I love you. I gave you my son so that you to live on this earth because I love you. Jesus gave up his life on the cross because he loves us. I think we miss that sometimes. Jesus' life was not taken from him. Jesus gave it up. He gave it up for us because he loves us. says, if you love me, you'll obey my commands. But then he goes on from there. In verse 16, and I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate who will never leave you. He is the Holy Spirit who will lead you or lead into all truth. The world cannot receive him because it isn't because it isn't looking for him and doesn't recognize him. But you know him because he lives within you and later will be 
will be in you. I'm going to pull this up closer to me. I'm going to take these glasses off. And I'm going to reread this for you. In verse 17, he is the Holy Spirit who leads into all truth. The world cannot, re- cannot receive him because it isn't looking for him and doesn't recognize him. But you know him because he lives with you now and later will be in you. The Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is what gives us the ability to be able to live this life the way that God has for us to live this life. Without the Holy Spirit, we would not be able to live as God has for us to live. We would not be able to obey His commands. We would not be able to love in the manner that He asked us to love. I think, or I... I, Let me back up. I'm, I'm bringing us to this because we are or we feel that we are self sufficient. But we have to have the Holy Spirit in us, leading us, guiding us, directing us, giving us. His power to be able to overcome the things of the world. I'm not one to generate or to try to generate this fuzzy feeling. But there are times that we have to sit still and we have to allow the Holy Spirit to move. How many of you, you know, and I know this is going to kind of sound funny, but, uh, you know, how many of you remember the the old-timey, you know, Nazarene camps or holiness camps? where the altar would be open at the end of the service, not just for two or three courses of a song, but for two or three hours. Do y'all remember those? Have y'all ever experienced those? So I'll tell you a little story about me. It's surprise, surprise. I think the best stories is things that we experience. So I've told you all the story about me meeting Peggy and about all of that that went on. 
But the first year that I was able to go to New Jersey and experience PVG or Pine View Grove Camp, wow, that was life-changing. There was a gentleman, Dr. Henry Schilling, that was the evangelist, and he was in a wheelchair. And he preached a message on sanctification and being entirely filled of the Holy Spirit. And me, as a Southern Baptist boy from Louisiana, just a tad confused. And at the end of that message, the light bulb came on. I was like, wow. So that's why I've been struggling so much. Because I haven't asked the Holy Spirit to fill me and to guide and to direct my life. After all, I was a 20-year-old that was self-sufficient. I could do this. Mm. I ran to the altar. And it was one of those rickety altars that wobbled. So whenever I hit the altar, it wobbled, and I kind of wobbled with it, and tears just pouring down. Reverend Henry Schilling, in his wheelchair, came over around the backside of that altar, placed his hands on my shoulder, and began to talk to me. And asked me what was going on. And I told him about my struggles with sin. And how I wanted to be sanctified. And I wanted the Spirit to fill me through and through. Mm. That was a mistake. That man got all excited. Now he's, he's paralyzed from the waist down. So he was bent over in that wheelchair and his chest was touching his legs. I'd never seen anybody that flexible. He began to beat on my back. And he began to say, pray through, son, pray through. And I looked up and he goes, you're not ready yet. Pray through, pray through. Banging on my back. I was like, man, I'm like, you're going you're gonna to bang me into submission. Whatever it takes, because we're in too much of a hurry to move on. We're in too much of a hurry once we get that little tingling on the back of our neck. It's like, oh man, how oh, the Holy Spirit sort of moved. Until you feel the hair on the top of your head and this little bald spot stand up. And you feel it come down through your body. And then the hair on your toes begin to stand up. That's when you've allowed the Spirit to move. That's when the Spirit has the ability and the opportunity to begin to change 
our spots and began to graft us into the tree of righteousness. Whenever I finally got up, there had to be 10, 15 older gentlemen standing right there, ready for a hug, telling me they were going to pray for me. Not a one of them. Not a one of them told me that now I need to begin to tithe. Not a one of them crammed a Bible in my face and said, you've got to study this. Not a one of them. Not a one of them told me that I needed to begin to pray for an hour every single day. Every one of them said that I love you and I'm going to be praying for you. Every one of them gave me a big hug and I knew that those words of love was genuine and was true. Because they knew that God was at work. And they knew that God being at work in my life was better than anything that they could say. At that point in time. Now the next year, whenever I showed up, oh boy, you better believe there were questions about my devotional life. There was questions about my walk with Christ. We have to allow God to work. So we have to allow God to work in our lives. But we also have to allow God to work in other people's lives. So, if tithing is keeping you from a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ, tithing doesn't get you to heaven. Tithing doesn't keep you from going to heaven. What keeps you from going to heaven is not believing in Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. If not being able to pray for an hour, it's keeping you from a commitment to Jesus Christ. That's no reason. He wants us To submit to Him. He says, if you love me, you'll obey my commands. And then He says, my Father, if you do this, my Father will send you an advocate. 
He will send you a helper. He will send you a counselor. He will send you a provider that will come and live within you. That will help you to obey his commands. So that whenever that perverted thought comes into your mind and you submit it unto God, it's a thought, it's not a sin. We act upon it, it becomes a sin. It's when we don't act upon it. That's the problem. So Kelly and Susan has done a great job with singing and you know with the songs that they chose. So now I'm going to go to Robbie. Oh, there he is. He was over here. Robbie, I know he loves to play the piano. So, is that clock right? I'm going to, well, I was thinking that we hadn't been here long enough, but I, because see, this is, this is where we are. We're going to sit in complete silence with Robbie playing the piano. So that wouldn't be complete silence, but we're going to, we're going to sit here. And we're going to allow the Holy Spirit, because he's here, we're going to allow him to come in and to move in our lives. If you like the tingly feeling, let it start at the top of your head. For us men that are losing the hair up there, it's, you know, it's fine hair, so it doesn't take much to stand up. But tonight, we're going to allow the Spirit to move. Because I believe there's still some lives here that still needs to be transformed or continue to being transformed. But we have become self-sufficient. And instead of allowing the Holy Spirit to move and to change, we're the ones trying to do it. We're the ones that's taking that problem by the horn instead of allowing God to do it. We're the ones that's taking that flaw or that temptation that we constantly struggle with. And we're the ones trying to fight that battle instead of allowing the Holy Spirit to fight that battle. After all, it's not ours to fight. 
It's his. So the altar is open. If you would like to come to the altar and kneel with me, I'm going to I'm just going to sit down up here. Just allow the Spirit to move.